We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid Death. Are you thirsty? Parched? Do you like dark and eerie sinister names for your beverages? Then you'll love Liquid Death. Go to liquiddeath.com. Use the promo code BIGBLUE. Blue Wire. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always, my co-host Nick Pilato. And today we have a special guest we're welcoming on to the show. Because it's Eagles week. It's Giants-Eagles week. It's a big game coming up in the divisional round. So we need to preview it. We need to bring on somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to the Eagles. And we got our guy. It's Mike Gill. He does a radio show on 97.3 ESPN in Atlantic City every day, 2 to 6. He also is the host of the Believe in Eagles podcast. Mike Gill, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing today, my friend? And, and I want to start by saying this. How's the feel in Philadelphia right now going into this divisional round? As everything is in Philly, guys, there's always panic, right? There's panic in Philly. No one can ever have nice things. You know, <laughs> when teams are good, the Phillies went to the World Series. People complain. The Sixers, uh, you know, everybody complains constantly. They can't get out of the second round, which is probably, you know, uh, a there's merit behind that. Uh, the Eagles are 14 and three. The defensive coordinator sucks. He needs to be fired. Uh, they'll drive him to the airport. <laughs> the, the interesting part about this, guys, is if we asked our listeners last week to rank the teams they wanted to face in this game, the Giants were an overwhelming favorite. And now that the Giants have won, people are panicking. It's a great I dynamic. I love to hear that as a New York Giant fan and someone who covers the New York Giants. Hopefully that can manifest itself into something negative with the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think we should probably start with possible MVP Jalen Hurts and his shoulder. Now, he's not listed on the practice report right now. And I know none of us are doctors here. I don't want to speak for Mike, but none of us are doctors here. But what is the overall vibe around the team in terms of Jalen Hurts? Is the usage expected to be the same in terms of how they employ his skill set on quarterback power and how they just use his legs and rushing ability? We'll find out Saturday night, man. I yeah. mean, they are keeping it close to the vest. They always do. Nick Sirianni is one of these guys. He just doesn't give you much. You know, the intuition would be he played in an NFL game two weeks ago against the Giants and basically did nothing in that game. I mean, they basically kept it as vanilla as possible. They totally don't run, don't do anything. That was two weeks ago. This injury occurred five, six weeks ago. I mean, you go back to they played the Bears. When was that? They played the Bears in week 15. That was December 18th. You're talking about over a month ago 
that that injury occurred. I got to imagine by the time they get to that game, he should be back and rolling and MVP Jalen Hurts putting up 48 points on your ass. <laughs> yeah, because I think the big question is, like, will he run, right? Because part of what is going to scare the Giants here and how they defend the Eagles is going to be, can they rush up that arc? Can they, are they going to have to respect Jalen Hurts as a runner? Because he will kill them as a runner if they don't. And so I, I think you're right. I think he's a lot healthier than people realize. The player I have a question on who might not be as healthy is Lane Johnson, the stud right tackle. And I think Lane Johnson is one of the best right tackles in the NFL. And if there's one chink in that armor in the offense right now, because I don't really see many at all, it might be if Lane Johnson is playing hurt or isn't able to play through the game or something like that, and the Giants can kind of take advantage of that right tackle position. Where's he at? Yeah, he practiced yesterday. I mean, he's going to try to play. There's no doubt about it. He's going to try to play, but you're absolutely right. If he doesn't play, they are like 13 and 23 or something like that when he does wow. not play. It is a significant – I think Lane Johnson, he just doesn't get recognized. He's a right tackle. Only left tackles generally get like – kind of star recognition he's the best right guy he's a hall of famer he hasn't given up a sack in like four years he barely gives up a pressure when he plays they dominate over there they need him 100 percent because jack driscoll who has taken his spot just has gotten not very good reviews uh he is a swing guy he played some guard he if he has to play right tackle they are much better off playing mylotta at right tackle and dillard at left tackle yeah but Stoutland doesn't like to change multiple positions on the line. He feels like the continuity is better only if one guy changes. So the Lane Johnson thing, Dan, 100% with you there. He's going to try. Nobody knows where he is. He definitely needs surgery. Now, when they played the Giants the first time, he left that game with this injury. He said after the game, I could have returned if they needed me to. They didn't need him, and then he didn't play the rest of the way. So it's a pain tolerance thing. There was something yesterday, you know, he's hoping to play the game without having to use like painkillers and, and just trying to gut it out. But if he leaves the game, that changes the dynamic 100%. And that's something that all Giant fans are kind of afraid of right now is just the offensive line in general. Having Jason Kelsey out you there. Be. Who is, you should be. He is significantly smaller than Dexter Lawrence, who's 342 pounds. But Jason Kelsey, in the one-on-one matchups that they have played, he's held up, I would say, to a solid degree. Last time when these two teams faced each other, it was week 14. And what we ended up seeing was a ton of double, just pairs of hands on Dexter Lawrence. There was a lot of attention being paid to him because the Giants did not have Leonard Williams opposite him. I think it was Henry Mondo and Ryder Anderson with the defensive tackles playing next to Dexter Lawrence. So I wanted to ask you, how have the Eagles blocked up front when they are going up against two very talented defensive linemen. Like, let's forget about Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau for right now. I just want to talk within the guard box. How yeah. have the Eagles handled that? Because I don't know if it's going to be as easy to get multiple sets of hands on Dexter Lawrence if Leonard Williams is feasting in one-on-one -on -one matchups. Well, listen, you know, one of the things that people have talked about, we talked about Lane Johnson. They leave their tackles a lot of times one-on-one, Mylotta and Johnson, and that's because they're very athletic in the middle. Sayamala has played center, Left guard, he's played right tackle. Sayamalo, their right guard, is very athletic, so they'll use him a lot on doubles in the middle. Landon Dickerson made the Pro Bowl this year in his second year. This was a guy that many people thought could have been a high first-round pick. He had major knee problems at Alabama. The Eagles get him in the second round. Many thought he was going to be the center to replace Kelsey. Sayamala got hurt last year, so Dickerson went to left guard. Him and Mylotta are so mammoth on that side of the line. They just left them there. 
And now they use Dickerson and Kelsey on doubles a lot. Those two guys are so athletic. They both, and all three of those guys in the middle are all former centers. So they're all very athletic. They use a lot of doubles in the middle. So I think you'll see a lot of, you know, you see Kelsey a lot, bang, and get to that second level. You see a lot of that kind of stuff. You'll see them pull Kelsey a lot. That's something that a lot, a lot of centers can do. They'll snap and get out and pull. So um, they use all those three guys in combination a lot in the middle of the line. And look, they ran for, I know Miles Sanders had 17 for 177 the first time against the Giants. I think the Eagles are looking at teams and saying, look, our power against your power, we feel like we can win that battle regardless of how we get it done. One of the primary ways you guys have been able to run the football so effectively, at least against the New York Giants, was by using that GH counter run where you pull the backside guard because, as you said, the offensive line is so athletic. And then the tight end would also come and he would kick out that blocker. I think the 40-yard touchdown run was a 12-personnel run out of that same exact look. Dan and I, we watch way too much New York Giants football. The Giants cannot fit GH counter. So I'm just curious, is that a base running play that the Eagles have been using all throughout the entire season? Or is that something that was specifically geared towards the game plan a week 14 no. because... The Giants really suck at fitting. Well, and if a memory serves me in that first game they played, uh, Goddard did not play in that game. I do no, not he did think. not. And he is their best blocking tight end. So okay. that particular game, this is very interesting because they scored 48 in that game, and people were kind of surprised because uh, Jack Stoll, who is more of a blocking tight end, and Grant Calcaterra, who's more of a receiving tight end, people thought that there was like a tell when those guys were in, what the Eagles were going to do. Well, Stoll is the guy that they were able to get more creative with in the run game because when he was out there, he's a run-blocking tight end. He is not a pass catcher, and that's where you saw them get a little bit more creative in the run game. And that particular game, like you said, Goddard was not in that game. He's a very good blocker, but they're so, you know, they want to use him in the pass game so much. But when Stoll's out there, I think those weeks when um, Goddard was not there, they did add some wrinkles to the run game. But generally, this team is an RPO heavy run team. I mean, but yeah. that being said, you're right, Nick, you do probably watch way too much tape because I do the same thing. The Eagles run a lot of counter stuff. They'll move. As I said, Kelsey, they'll get Kelsey out moving. You'll see my lotta, you know, shove and then break off. They do a lot of sweep stuff out to that side with my lotta uh, and Lane Johnson. Cause those guys are so athletic, but look, this run game is all predicated on Jalen Hurts making the right decision, reading the defensive end, finding the linebacker. And this year, the reason Jalen Hurts is in the MVP conversation, he made the right decision like 98% of the time. He read that guy perfectly. He knew when to give, when to take it himself. And if he's doing that, the Giants have <laughs> – that's, that's a tough thing to stop. When, when he's reading right, the question is, is he rusty? He hasn't really played – you know, we go all the way back to December 18th. This is the last time he really played in the offense. He didn't play in the offense in week 18. They just had him out there uh, just kind of leading, you know, boom, boom, vanilla. Although, big question for me, you brought it up, Dan, about the Giants love the blitz. 50% of the time they blitzed Jalen Hurts this year in the two games. He has kicked their butt when they blitzed. Now, last week they didn't blitz Kirk Cousins 22% of the time. I'm really interested to see if Wink Martindale can show restraint. Is he going to come after Hertz or is he going to say, Hertz, you beat us? That to me is the chess match in this one. Yeah. And I think what makes that so interesting, and I, I, I think he is going to blitz a lot more this week because in that matchup against the Vikings, the Giants literally could put those split safeties back there, not blitz and, and still stop the run for the most part. 
That's just not going to be the case against the Eagles. If they don't commit extra bodies to, to the line of scrimmage, they're not going to stop this run game. Like you said, there are elements of this run game that you brought up where they're moving Kelsey or Jordan Mailata is on the move. All those elements kill the Giants. Giants have no answer right now for power and gap. It's not like they can even scheme around it. They don't have the personnel to stop these players. Kelsey it for alone is just like all world when it comes to on the move as a blocker for a center. No one is really at his level. It's almost like a cheat code. So that scares the hell out of me. And I think you'll see a lot more blitzing and a lot more guys on the line of scrimmage for that reason. But what I wanted to ask you about Mike, because it's something I've heard all year about the Eagles. You talked about how a lot of it is RPO based their offense. And I've heard like Ben Solak talk about the Eagles. And every time I hear him, he's like, cause we watch a team with Mike Kafka and the giants on offense. We'll get to that side of the ball soon. Every week, there's something different. There's new wrinkles in the run game. There's new wrinkles in the pass game. It's this ever-evolving offense that changes week to week based on the opponent. What I've heard about the Eagles is that's not necessarily the case. They kind of run their system out there, and it is what it is. What have you kind of gathered from what they're running on offense with Sirianni? Is that true, or is that not true? No, it's it's very simple. I mean, it's all based on, as I mentioned, Hertz making the right decision. He is an elite decision maker, and it's on all three levels. Look, this is an RPO, but it's an R, also an RPP. They pass out of the same thing right. where he makes a decision. Does he want to give? Does he want to keep? Does he want to throw? They've added that element. It's really a three-layer decision that he makes where he is making all these reads in real time live. And that's what has made him an elite player this year. He makes the right decision. But, yes, it is a very simple system. You know, it is read. Read and react. And that they are trusting – Jalen Hurts' ability to read and react to what he's seeing in real time to make the right decision. Do they run? You don't see them line up under center, turn around and hand the ball off very infrequently, very right. infrequently. It is all Miles Sanders. By the way, do you like Boston Scott? No, How's we don't. <laughs> for you guys. Uh, Boston Scott and uh, Kenny Gainwell. Those three guys are all a big part of the run game, but it's all Jalen Hurts making the decision. So, you know, as you mentioned, Mike Kafka, who played here, Northwestern, smart guy. They are not adding new wrinkles week to week. They are just uh, executing their stuff to a high level. This league yeah. is about preparation, execution. That's what it comes down to. The Eagles, I think we can all come to uh, kumbaya here. The Eagles are way more talented than the Giants are. The Giants are here is because Brian Dayball, when the Eagles fired Doug Peterson, he was the guy that I wanted to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. That was the guy I wanted. Uh, the Bills blocked him from interviewing here. I don't know if he even wanted to come here, but he, to me, was the home run hire of the offseason. You're seeing why. This roster is the same roster they had last year. It stinks. The roster stinks. You guys know it. They didn't make any moves. They didn't think this team would be here. That shows you preparation, execution. Dayball excels in those areas. They got a great staff, but the Eagles are way more talented than, than the Giants are. But it goes back to your question, Dan. The Eagles execute the simple things, and they do it flawlessly for the most part. Yeah. So it's going to behoove the Giants to stop that. Now, looking at the – Yeah, I know. <laughs> looking at the Giants' defense – Wink Martindale wants to get as many defensive backs and speed on the field to not have their linebackers out there. And I think it's going another interesting chess match between these two teams is how much 12 personnel the Eagles use and how successful the Eagles will be on first down. Because when the Vikings came out, ask Dan, when the Vikings came out in 12 personnel, Wink Martindale didn't respect it. He was like, we're going to stay in our nickel package. We're not even going to go to base. 
But when they switched to 21 personnel with CJ Ham, that's the only time they would check the base. And some of the most explosive plays that the Vikings had in the game was when the Giants were in base. I don't think the Giants want to be in base, but they're going to respond to the Eagles in 12 personnel using base because they are a little bit scared. Now, that's, I think, also going to come down to down and distance. So if the Giants get some early stops on first down and then you decide, the Eagles decide to use 12 personnel on, say, like a second and long, I think the Giants would respond with nickel or maybe even a, a lighter type of package. But I wanted to ask you, with Dallas Goddard back, with all the weapons that the Eagles have at the wide receiver position, how much 12 personnel do you think we're going to see on Saturday night? You know, that's an interesting question because, as you mentioned, you know, what the Eagles do, you know, I, I talked about this the other day on my show. It's, okay, Dory Jackson and McKinney did not play the first time. they Or played. Leonard. That's a big change in the secondary. They blitzed. The Eagles said one-on-one. -on -one, and even in the last game they played, the Giants blitzed. They threw the ball down the field. A.J. Brown, 37 yards. I mean, you're going to uh, try to go one-on-one -on -one man with Brown. Hertz will throw it up, and, and he trusts Smith and, and Brown. Is that going to be the case? Dan, you think they're going to blitz. If they do that, are the Eagles going to go one-on-one -on, -one on the outside and say, look, try to stop those guys? The big question is if they try to take a shot early, Adoree Jackson makes a play, breaks it up. Okay, now you said our corners are up to the task. What are you going to do with Goddard? That's where this team gets really tricky, and you ask about 12 personnel, 11 personnel. They generally, generally will go with Brown and um smith and then you've got quez watkins and goddard and watkins is the guy that gets lost in the sauce a lot the game they lost to washington he hits the seam bang seven route down the middle wide open catches the ball gets tackled and fumbles but the thing is he's open because you have to put so much attention on the outside guys so if the giants are better in the secondary do they have enough depth to keep up with Goddard and Watkins? And, oh, by the way, you've got this run game, and you've got to account for Hurts. So the Giants might keep changing it up. The Eagles can keep doing what they're doing and still change it up while doing the same thing. They can keep their 11 personnel on the field and still say, because they're so deep, this is like the 49ers. You're like, all right, how do I defend Debo, McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk? If you take one guy out, okay, we'll just roll to the other side. And that's what makes them so difficult to defend. And, by the way, their offensive line, as we chronicled, is very good. So I don't know how much 12 – they even go 13. They were going 13 at sometimes. You'd see Calcaterra and Stoll and Goddard on the field at because Calcaterra is a guy who will catch the ball. They don't do that often, though. More in the red zone, you'll see that kind of deal. But I think more 11 – if they go man on the outside, big days for Goddard. You know, Hawkinson had a big day last week. Everyone's talking about that. Oh, now Goddard could have a big day. Well, Quez Watkins is another guy who gets lost in the sauce, but seam routes is what he does and hits them, you know, every so often. Bang, that seam down the middle. Yeah, I think that's going to be a possible negative for the Giants as well because, you know, you put the stress on those seam routes and you have Darnay Holmes there in the middle trying to defend Quez Watkins. Darnay Holmes is a great defender around the line of scrimmage against screens and things of that nature, but in coverage he gets grabby we're going to see potential holds there potential pass interferences though overall it's like kind of pick your poison i feel like for the giants right now because i i personally would rather the eagles be in 11 because if they're in 12 or 13 the giants just, i just don't know how they're going to stop them really because they don't have the like nick said some of the worst plays we had on defense last week were when the vikings went to 21 the giants had to put those linebackers on the field and then jared davis is lost in coverage and you just have examples yep. of these guys who can't hold up but what's interesting most to me about this matchup in relation to the personnel groupings is I was looking at it yesterday. I think it was shout out to giant fan in, uh, in Charlotte. I almost said Connecticut. Again. Jeez, come on, Dan. Yeah. At this point, 
Um, he put out numbers about how often the Eagles use no huddle. And at home, it's so much easier to use no huddle and tempo than it is on the road. And the Eagles are obviously at home. If they're in no, if they're in some kind of no, uh, you know, up tempo, no huddle, and they get the Giants with their base personnel on the field because they're running twelve, then they can really stick it to the Giants because now the Giants can't sub out these guys. So, do you think we're going to see some no huddle, some tempo again in this game, and kind of, kind of try, try to pin the Giants and the personnel grouping they're stuck in? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I brought up the fact that Hurts, you know, they might do this early to try to get Hurts back in the rhythm early. Just hey, mm-hmm. you haven't played, just go, go, go. And it's something that I would not be shocked if they got into. And you mentioned, you know, getting the team stuck. I think, you know, we look at the Eagles the last couple of weeks and people talk about, wow, they just haven't looked the same. A lot of this is coincided, one, with Hurts being out. Two, people forget Avante Maddox and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson both left the defense. And as you mentioned, if you get the situation where the Eagles were in in that spot, teams went after Kaiser White and they were hitting. C.D. Lamb crushed them over the middle. I don't know that that happens with Maddox. Now, Maddox is not going to play in this game, but what the Eagles have done, and they have moved Chauncey Garner-Johnson to the slot, and they have kept Blankenship in the safety spot. So teams now are not as apt to go after that slot spot. The Eagles, when they run tempo like that, it's normally because they have a matchup that they like. They see, as you mentioned, somebody's on the field, we're going to keep attacking them. Because you'll see games where A.J. Brown gets four or five catches in the first drive, and then kind of doesn't hear from them the rest of the game because then the team says, all right, we're making our adjustment. You're not going over there. So that'll be interesting if they come right out, get Hurts going, find that matchup that they want, and go after it. If the Giants show something wrong. And this is, Dan and Nick, where what Martindale does to me is so enticing. Is he going to blitz or is he going to sit in soft zone like he did last week? If the Eagles see that, are they going to go tempo to keep those guys on the field or are they going to say – Let's lay back and get them into the defense that we want to get them in. That's where I think Martindale kind of showing a different side of himself last week. Really, I mean, that was significantly different, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys watch them all the time. I'm watching the Giants. I said, is John Gannon coaching this defense? What's going on here? Uh, you know, that to me is big. I, I think what Wink Martindale's game plan is, is a huge factor in this game. It's certainly a huge factor in this game. And that's, again, what I'm a little bit afraid of is you guys coming out in 12 personnel on first down, Giants matching in base, and then just tempo, tempo, keep the Giants base personnel. You're going to get mismatches with Gerard Davis up against Dallas Goddard. One of those safeties is going to have to roll down to cover Devonta. It's it's a situation that I'm a little afraid of, to be real, because we didn't have to experience that against the Vikings because the Giants and Wink Martindale just didn't respect the Vikings' ability to run the football. But as we know, the Philadelphia Eagles have one of the best rushing attacks in the league. One more question on the offense. I have that's kind of a stupid question anyways but how real is the whole Boston Scott giant killer thing in Philadelphia do all the fans talk about it? is it one of those things when oh, the yeah. giant okay when the Giants are playing the Philadelphia Eagles everyone's like oh it's Boston Scott times like kind of 100 to score a touchdown in this game which is hilarious because those odds have dropped from like plus a thousand eleven hundred the last <laughs> few times they played yeah in fact you know how many people will bet Boston Scott to score the first touchdown in fact he did in the game the other day that happens all the time yes it is a real thing you know I have a little text message group we do on Sundays you know a guy and Boston Scott when the Giants everyone goes Boston Scott it, it is definitively laughed about here about why he has now he's a guy that I think the Eagles could use more they could probably utilize whenever Miles Sanders has not played, and Boston Scott has had to pick up the load. It just seems to be against Giants teams, but he's had games against other teams. He does a good job. 
it's just against the Giants. So it's a real thing. We do uh, acknowledge that here. Now, can he get a touchdown in a playoff game against the Giants? We shall see. Uh, they don't use him all that much against other teams, but the Giants, he's ready. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball now. You mentioned earlier, one of the first things you said, Mike, was in, in Eagleville. I call it Eagleville. That's like a nod to my dad. Shout out Ron Schneier if you're listening. He, he always used <laughs> to call the Eagleville or like that, whatever it was. And in Eagles Nation, let's call it, you mentioned how you know some fans are like, oh, we're, we're out on Gannon. We don't like what Gannon's done as defensive coordinator. I was watching a breakdown earlier today from Dan Orlovsky on ESPN who was basically saying like, look, a lot of what the Eagles are doing on defense schematically is similar to what the Vikings are doing, which I found a little bit of a, of a stretch because the Vikings defense, we just watched it last week, was just so many coverage lapses and so many breakdowns that I doubt we'll see with the, with the Eagles. But he said just like core bones of it schematically. So yes. what what exactly is the reason why Eagles fans are kind of out right now on Gannon and, and any kind of thing that you think is maybe like a deficiency in his system that the Giants can exploit? Yeah. Um, number one, they do play the, the same defense. It's a Vic Fangio concepts. Uh, the difference is Minnesota doesn't have the talent to run that defense. They stink. They're slow in the secondary. They don't get enough pass rush. Their communication breakdowns are evident all the time. And that's a big thing in this defense. Communication. The Eagles have corners. You know Bradbury pretty well. Well, he's thanks for giving him uh, for cutting him. He's having a really good year. Last year, Steve Nelson was on that side. Not good. Uh, Nelson's just one of those guys. You had to play him so far off the ball because teams are running past him. The defense, Dan, is predicated on not giving up the big play. And right. why it works for Philly is because they can rush four. And rushing four, they can cover. And they, they don't give up plays over the top. Eagle fans don't like it because Buddy Ryan – Jim Johnson, Bud Carson, those guys blitz, 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 and hit the quarterback. You can't do that in today's game. Like, you hit the quarterback, you're getting 15 yards. So it is a big battle between these fans who want to see pressure, but blitzing pressure. They don't care about four guys getting there because it doesn't always work. But the Eagles will have games where they'll let you catch the ball underneath and kind of nickel and dime yourself up the field. The, the And the thought process is that you will have to go on multiple double-digit play drives to score on us. And if you go on a 10-play drive and it results in a field goal, we win. Right. If you go on a 10-play drive, there's going to be a penalty in there. If you go on a 10-play drive, we got a big sack or we got an interception. And in the first half of the year, they were getting 20. They're, they're plus 20 in the turnover category. They were getting the stack, the interception, and that's why they were dominant. Now, they had some injuries, and that changed the dynamics of their defense. But, yes, they run the same defense as Minnesota, but they are more talented than Minnesota. They ran the same defense last year and stunk. They didn't have the personnel to do it. Linval Joseph, he – changed the run defense. Jordan Davis, they drafted. He got hurt. They brought Joseph in. That helped them up front. But this is all predicated on getting credit. They have four guys with double-digit stacks. And keep this in mind. Chauncey Garner-Johnson leads the league in interceptions. He missed six weeks. He's a playmaker. And yeah. that's what this defense is. Stacks, interceptions, pressure, hurries, and long drives. If you're going to take a long drive, good luck. That's the premise. So basically, it sounds to me like all these Eagles fans who are disappointed in Gannon are just 
kind of holding on to yesteryear and they just want to blitz. There's no real actual reason behind. Okay. That doesn't make me feel better. Any better, Mike. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready to win money? and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit W ynnbet.com to start winning. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call. 1-800-522-4700. I was running low on some groceries, so naturally, I went to a store that sells said groceries to look for my refreshments. There I was in the beverage aisle, and I saw these tall boys of what I originally thought was beer, but it was actually in the bottled water section, and it was mountain spring water from the Alps, and it was called Liquid Death. And I thought to myself, do I want to try this beverage that is named Liquid Death because I hear it brutally murders your thirst and their recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. And they also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Those are some pretty cool causes. So I bought myself some Liquid Death and I enjoyed it. I was parched. And then I drank it, so I was not. So if you want to try some of this liquid death, go get liquid death at your local Whole Foods Market, Target, and Stop and Shop stores, or find a liquid death retailer near you 
with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. That's liquiddeath.com slash bigblue. I would agree. Yes, it's it's it is that whole concept of I grew up with uh, Gang Green. Yeah. I grew up with Buddy Ryan and Jim Johnson, and they always blitz. This team has more sacks than any of those teams. Buddy right. Ryan never won one playoff game ever. Uh, the Jim Johnson teams they were great with with Andy Reid, obviously as the head coach. But look, they came up small in a lot of playoff moments. Carolina the defense wasn't the problem in Carolina. Uh, you know, obviously they, they scored nine points in that game, but the Tampa game, Joe Jaravicious running wild against them. Uh, they lost that game to Arizona in 09. If, I will say this. If they lose this game to the Giants, I'll say this now. I don't. I, I, it would be the most disappointing playoff loss above all of those because of the talent disparity in this game. It, right. it just flat out would be because the Eagles are 14 and three. They have home field advantage. If they lose this game to the Giants, who look, I think the Giants have come a long way. I totally love the coach. I think they're in the right direction. I think this is going to be a 10-year run between these two teams hanging out here, I hope anyway. This Giant team is where the Eagles were last year. They got to the playoffs, and it was like, holy, we made the playoffs. Them winning the game far exceeds. This is not an NFC championship roster. I think we all can acknowledge that. That's why if they win this game, it would be an utter disappointment and complete failure of a season if they lose this game it's one reason why we call this coaching staff the ultimate maximizers because they're maximizing all of their talent i want to ask you mike as somebody who covers the eagles what do you want the giants offensive approach to be because we have seen recent success through daniel jones and a quick passing attack where if he doesn't love what he sees he's using his legs and he's using them effectively but we all know saquon barkley is a star running back, one of the best in the league. And I'm even going back and forth, and I'm sure Dan and I will talk about this soon, on what the primary approach of Mike Kafka will be, if they'll lean a little bit more on the run, lean a little bit more on Saquon Barkley because the Minnesota Vikings were just terrible at defending the pass. So as someone who covers the Eagles, what would you prefer the New York Giants to do? And what do you think the Eagles are best at defending? Um, Yeah, the Vikings are the worst pass defensive football. They stink. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones has two 300-yard passing games, uh, maybe three, but two in the last five weeks. They both came against the Vikings. Other than that, he hasn't thrown for more than uh, like 200 yards. Uh, So you would say we would want to see Daniel Jones have to throw this team to victory. That said, when the Eagles play the Giants in Week 14, everybody, you talk about Boston Scott bet, everybody said, Oh, man, Daniel Jones is going to run over. I think the over-under was like 37, 42 yards, something to that. He had four carries for 27 yards in that game. So we're like, huh, what happened? Because quarterbacks have got out and run. In that game, though, and I don't remember, did Saquon, was he hurt? Did he get banged up? Did he try to play? He only had eight carries in that game, but nine carries last week. And I said, if you had nine carries from Saquon Barkley in a playoff game, you lost. So I would think that the Eagles want to try to limit Saquon's touches because they are far superior in the secondary than Minnesota and say Daniel Jones. Try to go after Darius Slay, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, and James Bradbury. And if you win beating us that way, good luck with that. But we're not going to let Saquon Barkley do the for Philadelphia to lose. It, it's the Washington game. Sloppy, turnovers, um, 
bad down and distance. The 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 commanders got third and short all game long because they stuck with the run. They ran the ball like 50 times in that game. So if right. the Giants follow that and hand the ball to Saquon, they're going to be in good down and distance, you wouldn't think, all day long. If they panic and get out of it, that plays into the Eagles' hands. Washington never panicked. Now, since then, that made the Eagles say, all right, we got problems up front. We had no Jordan Davis. We went out and got Linval. You know, let's go out and get Linval Joseph and, and Demo can sue to help that run defense. And it's helped to some extent. But I would say to answer your question, Nick, you got to make Daniel Jones beat you. You can't have the best player on the field, Saquon Barkley, running wild. Um, and the Eagles have done a good job of that. Eight carries the first time. They limited Daniel Jones only four carries in that game. And I think they sacked him seven times. We saw Tyrod Taylor late in that game. He got sacked three times, for God's sakes. Uh, but the Eagles, seven sacks in that game. Uh, and they create all sorts of havoc. So it's let Daniel Jones try. I mean, Hodgkin's. Nice story. Come on. He cannot – you can't have him running wild against this secondary. It should be a, a clear victory in terms of Eagles secondary against Giants receiving core. Dan, I wanted to get your opinion on this because I feel like that Week 14 game against the Eagles just fell at such an interesting spot in the season because the Giants had just tied Washington. Washington ends up going on a bye week, and then the Giants are playing this Eagles game where they're likely going to lose. At least that's what everyone was saying. They go out – to a 21 to nothing deficit. And they know they have this really important primetime game the next week against a well-rested team. I really think the Giants, they didn't mail it in, but they were like, we're not going to put Daniel Jones in a position where he's going to consistently take hits. I think that's one reason maybe why we didn't see as much Daniel Jones rushing. And in terms of Saquon Barkley, that I am confident to say. They were like, look, we're down big. This game's over. Let's just get Breida and Brightwell in there. Saquon Barkley, you just take a rest. A couple of weeks ago, you just had 35 carries in a game. We're not going to put this on, put this load on you. And also, at that time, he was kind of ailing with the shoulder injury. So I think that approach from the Giants also stemmed from the fact the Eagles just jumped out to a 21 nothing lead early. No, I think you're 100% right. I think Mike and you nailed it when Mike said, oh, I was so surprised that Saquon Barkley only had eight carries. Well, he was playing through an injury at the time. He was banged up, and they were just like, look, we're down 20. Like you said, we're down so much. Why risk the re-injury here? And it's really – that's the most interesting thing about this game to me because I think Mike's right. Look. The talent deficiency is so obvious. Anyone who argues the opposite as a Giants fan is is really living in living in La La Land because you can I could go through it right now. Cornerback, uh, linebacker is an unbelievable difference. Defensive line, they are much more depth there. Their offensive line, their receivers, so their tight ends. So you you have that there right there. But it is true at the same time that while the Giants did get blown out in that first game, they didn't have Xavier McKinney who makes a massive difference. They didn't have a Dory Jackson who makes a massive difference. And they didn't have Leonard Williams who makes a massive difference. And then, as you just mentioned, they didn't really have Saquon Barkley. They didn't really have the full Daniel Jones because they didn't want to run him and get him hurt. So that's the biggest, like, if you're looking for anything, like at least can the Giants make this thing close and keep it competitive? That's the reason why right there. But I think that's also why you kind of look at that first game. Like, I don't know how much you can take away from that because when you have your three of your best defensive players not on the field, it's oh, a big Oh, yeah, no, three there's no best, not your three best. Yeah. yeah, there's no question that that first game, you know, I was watching that game and I said, in the NFL, you see teams, you know, you'll watch Houston play somebody, you know, they're not as talented, but very few times are you watching the game and you're just like the talent disparity jumps off the page. I mean, heck, Houston goes to overtime with Kansas City. They right. almost uh, doubts. Heck, they gave Philadelphia problems, but we know the talent disparity is there. Houston fights hard. They're well prepared and good, well coached. That game, that day, the talent disparity jumped off the television. That Philadelphia is just here and New York is here. 
Uh, how will that change? I think it's going to change. I, I don't think you're looking at 48-22. Now, the flip side would say, well, the Giants just played at Philly with basically a bare-bones skeleton crew and almost won that game. I don't know that we can take much from that game either. I mean, yeah. really, I think Philadelphia is going through the motions, just trying to get through the game un, uh, without injury, and they're up 19 nothing, and they got in like, all right, we have a lead. Let's just kind of get out of here. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. The one thing with the Giants is, you know, look, again, I, I have no hate for this Giants situation. I think it's been a great story. I love when Eagles-Giants play. It's my favorite. Uh, Eagles-Giants, those two weeks are my favorite week. The whole Cowboys thing, I think it's this Hallmark holiday type of thing where people just, you know, like to hate the Dallas. Giant fans, I have respect for it. They know their zip code. They have civic pride. And when their team stinks, there's no excuses, man. They stink. They know it. They, they don't say it's the ref's fault. Everybody hates us. Everyone's trying to, you know, no. The Giant fans are, are good Smart fans, the the Cowboy fans. Whoo, we could do a whole thing on that. But two <laughs> months ago, the Giants were seven and two. They've won three games, three. So I don't know. Like they beat the Vikings twice, by the way. And I have not been a Viking guy all year long. The Vikings played Philadelphia, got Rochambeau, played Dallas, got smoked, played Green Bay, was not competitive. Whenever they took a step up, really, right. the Buffalo. For them was their signature moment of the year. I can't understand how they won that game, but this is a huge step up for the Giants. No matter how we slice this thing, and the game on Week 14 and the game in Week 18, somewhere in the middle, this game will be on Saturday night. I think that's a good take. Yeah, I'm right there with you. All right, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate this. This was an awesome talk. You know, ball. So we'd love to have you on any other time. And if you ever want to talk to us again. Same goes. Uh, we like to end this show the same way we always end our previews. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. I always give that caveat. But would you like to, and would you give us a prediction on the game? I said 30-20 Philadelphia. 30-20 Philadelphia. Um, just too many weapons, man. The default, the eagle. Look, the Giants are not facing the Vikings defense. That's the difference for me. The Vikings defense just stinks. And the Giants' offense is limited. Uh, I think the the organization is going in the right direction, but this is not an NFC Championship team. 30-20 Philadelphia. Nick, how about you? All right, if we're going to do that right here, look, I want to go with the New York Giants really badly, but I do believe the Philadelphia Eagles will win this game. I think they are the more talented roster. I think a lot of it will come down to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts takes an early shot, and he's uncomfortable. Anything can happen in the game, and I don't think the Giants are going to get blown out. I think and just as Mike said, the Giants have had a fantastic season. I think the New York Giants are getting maximized by this coaching staff, as we always say. But I'm going to say Eagles, let's go with 24 to 20. Okay. I'm going to take a look at this game and say, by for starters, I've been pretty damn good on picking Giants games this year. I picked them to win last week, and they won. I picked losses. I picked wins, right? I think I'm over 85% at this point. But I did say last week would be a little bit more of a blowout win for the Giants. I thought they would win by multiple scores. And they didn't, but they were ahead the whole game, so it felt pretty good. This game feels a little different to me. I don't like that it's outdoors in Philadelphia. I think it's going to be cold. I don't like that it's at night. It's going to be even colder. I think that helps the Eagles as well. The talent deficiency is there. I think the Giants are going to turn the ball over a little bit more than their season average in this game. I expect two turnovers, unfortunately, from the Giants offense that could define this game. And so I think the Eagles will put up a lot of points. I think the Eagles are going to score 34 in this game. I think the Giants are going to get to about 20. 
So I'm going 34-20 Eagles, unfortunately. I do think the game will have some moments where it's close, though, and I think ultimately those turnovers will define the game and put the Eagles a little bit out ahead. But unfortunately, I got I, I can't go with my heart on this one. I got to go with my head, and I think this is where the run does end. But you never know. Like you said, I think Nick made a good point. If somehow, some way, and I know Wink Martindale's going for it. Like, look, we're not talking bounty gate. This is not what Nick and I are ever like advocating for, but it's football. It's a physical game, and I think that, Wink Martindale and, the, and those defenders are going to be attacking early against Hertz. And if they get a hit on him and it changes the way he can play, that could change the whole game. But that's this prediction for us. Mike, thanks again for joining us. Why don't you wrap up by telling everyone where they can find you on Twitter and social media and then where they can listen to your show? Uh, yeah, Monday through Friday, 2 to 6, uh, 97.3 ESPN in Atlantic City. Uh, and at Mike Gill show on Twitter, obviously uh, we're kind of like right in, you know, a lot of Eagles down here, but we got a lot of New Yorkers because of the casino. So a lot of giants yeah. Eagles week, we get a lot of good engagement those weeks. So, uh, yeah, we're getting ready for that. And, and we carry the Eagles game. So if you're somebody that's in the Atlantic city market and you're in your car on Saturday night, kind of bar hopping around, don't drink and drive, but you could pop the game on, uh, if you're going from one place to the other, we do carry, uh, the Eagles down here in Atlantic City. So, yeah. And I take some day trips occasionally down to AC, especially in the offseason when work is slower with a couple of buddies to play to gamble a little bit and to have some fun down there. So from this point on, Mike, I will be throwing it on ESPN down there. I'm going to be listening for you because I really like what you had to offer today. This was a great show. You're, you're, you're great at this. So thanks again for joining us. We had a great time. To all the other listeners, have a great rest of your week. And as we always like to end this bad boy, go Giants. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.